back and enjoy. The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hey, this is a rock and roll museum. You guys don't belong in here. <laughs> They ranted, they fainted, their eyes were glassy, some pulled their hair out, some tore their dresses. They threw notes of a very uh, undesirable nature on the stage. I'll tell you all about it. Welcome to Long Play. A podcast where nerds rock out with their Spock out. Hello and welcome to Long Play Episode 6. 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6. Obviously it's going to take forever to get to the actual Episode 666. So (laughs) I'm just calling it right here. This is Episode 666 where where Long Play takes a turn into... The dark side for a couple albums. And of course, since that's happening, who do I bring first to to break the seal? To open the The seventh seal. Yes, to to pierce the veil. But the hair metal hero. Hey. Alright, long. I I know you like the pierce the veil part. I like I like to pierce veils. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds better with a Boston accent. Pass the veil. <laughs> it sounds like you're at a restaurant and someone's serving cutlets. <laughs> yes. Surprisingly, I had a chicken palm cutlet today. So. Yeah, it doesn't have the doesn't have the as much cruelty per square inch as some veal cutlets do, though. So. Yeah, but but the cruelty makes the veal taste so good. You should have had some lamb today, like a lamb hero. Or you should have had a lamb hero today. <laughs> oh my god, it would have been perfect. I don't know. It'd be like me eating myself. What is that? Ouroboros, the snake eating itself? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's too meta for me, man. Well, yes. Yeah, so, as I said before, this is episode six. We're gonna we're gonna start into the evil. Then we're gonna delve. And, and I say we, I'm not going to be involved in the next one. Are you, you are, right? Uh, yeah. Right? Back to back with me. Yeah, sorry, so sorry, of course, the, the number seven will have significance in that episode. So yes. just think about your evil and your and your seven albums, and maybe you can figure out what's, what's coming up. <laughs> but before we get there... <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're starting out way... We're, go, we're going back into the... Well, I mean, rock and roll's been evil, I guess, since Elvis's hips, I guess. It's but, been evil since since blues, man. And yeah, it, it, ever ever since rock and roll started out, people have been just like, it's the music of Satan. But it is. That's what they say. Jerry Lee Lewis said there's a great recording. I I wish I could find it of him arguing with Sam Phillips and and talking about how he know you know the the music of Satan and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, oh yeah, you can look, you can Google it and check. 
Oh, um, I thought I thought crappy pop music was the music of Satan, but well, anyway. that's oh. the real music of Satan. This is the music of the, 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 there's good music of Satan and there's bad music of <laughs> Satan. <laughs> but I think this is you know, but there were always people yelling and screaming about you know the music and blah 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 the devil and the music and stuff. But I don't think it was really till about it was, so the, t- this album coming out that. <laughs> <laughs> it it just it, it, it was it it didn't become metaphor anymore. And of course, we're talking about the first Black Sabbath album from 1970, titled um, originally enough Black Sabbath. Hey, you spent all day on that title. <laughs> I guess they watched. There's a movie called Black Sabbath, which they watched. And well, let, let's be honest here. The, the Polka Talk Blues Band and Earth weren't really gonna, you know, set album sales on fire. Right. Well, Earth maybe, but Earth sounded just so hippy dippy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, with Earth, Ozzy should have come out in like a little tunic with a with a pointy <laughs> hat, you know, and been a little gnome, you know, basically. And, you it's, know, I think it could have very well happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it could have, but forces definitely changed that. I think the forces were the forces of heavy metal, but not in the way you're going to think I'm going to talk about the forces of heavy metal. I th- it, they, they come from Birmingham, England, <laughs> which is an industrial, you know, poor to working class, you know, you're, I mean, when they were growing up, I'm sure there, it, it wasn't the same sort of safety regulations and stuff. So they lived in no. soot-covered, you know, working-class, I don't know what that, you know, but a working-class accented, you know, tough neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, sort of, sort of town, and you know, there's probably literally something in the water. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the water. I I think heavy, you know, heavy metal. I, I think it's attributed to what's his name, um, William S. Burroughs me- mentioned heavy metal in uh, in one of his books. And uh, well, then uh, you know, Steppenwolf. Yeah, Steppenwolf. Yeah, I like Smoking Lightning, Heavy Metal Thunder. Yeah, but I think the heavy metal is really like byproducts of the steel industry and stuff that does break. Damage. Do you remember a band named Voivod? They were like a sort of speed yes. metal band. Yeah. They were they were from Canada, and I remember uh, they came to Rochester, and I was listening to an interview with them on the radio, and they were basically talking about how their town was completely contaminated by mercury. Oh Jesus! And that's real heavy metal. And, and the, yeah, exactly. And and that's what they were saying. They were like, "No, that's why we were driven towards heavy metal." And they're like, "Well, geez, you know." And and they're like, "Oh no, we definitely have suffered, you know, def- defects." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they were having a go at the interviewer, but I like it's, to think it's that. great copy nonetheless. Yes. So that's what I always think of as heavy metal. I always think of as a, just a little bit of brain damage, as when I think of Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Well, just a little bit of brain damage. <laughs> I don't know how all there he was to be. Just, a, just a touch. Um, <laughs> but like I, 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 I love this album, and I well, I love Black Sabbath too, and the, it goes along. I'm a big ELO fan, but before oh, ELO, yeah. there was a band called The Move that was sort of their their rock and roll '60s version of it, and they were somewhere between the Beatles, the Who, the Stones. And Black Sabbath, but they were from Birmingham too. 
and their lead singer Roy Wood sounded a lot like he and Ozzy sang uh, very similar in that sort of reedy, high-pitched voice. And man, they had heavy, heavy ass bass and drums and just a heavy sound to their songs and even when they were sort of doing frothy poppy hits they they sort of had a little bit of thug to them you know or yeah and uh and i it's it's just interesting that they came out of the same neighborhood you know I, eventually the drummer for the move had has gone on tour with black sabbath before as their drummer which makes which didn't make any sense to me at first when i was thinking of it but upon further thinking it's like yeah they, well they were probably drinking buddies they were probably in bar bands together too <laughs> to start out with oh yeah i'm sure you saw the same faces all the time that back then at the same shows and and i want to say that like when i was a pimply faced teenager i was listening to this album and loving it but i wasn't i was avoiding black sabbath like the plague then the only black sabbath song that i was like hey that's pretty listenable was um um, paranoid because I that's... saw like an MTV flashbacks video of paranoid and I'm like hey that's a pretty that, it, it was very much like a communication breakdown by Led Zeppelin or something just a sort yeah. of punky rock song yeah it just chugs along two two and a half minutes long and with goofy lyrics and, uh, <laughs> yeah. but that was about all that, and and you know, it, it, when I was growing up, the Ozzy that was around was Shot in the Dark. Yeah. Uh, and Scott 2.0 actually was in a high school band at a talent show, and they played Shot in the Dark. Really? Well, no, no, they. Well, I can't. They played. Uh, I don't want to say what they played because it's going to tip the hand of <laughs> the next episode. But they opened it up with the keyboard intro to Shot in the Dark. That was Scott's big part. I always remember being like, oh, God, another band. And, like, Scott's up there with his keyboard, and it's just like, all of a sudden, he had the right setting, and it was just like, and the whole audience was like, ooh, Ozzy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The year before, one kid had done breaking the law, breaking the law, but it was kind of awkward. Uh, Yeah, you really kind of have to go for the gusto with that, that one. Yeah. I've done that one karaoke. I'm sorry about the awkward si- silence, but I just love the cricket in the background at the Hero House. It's awesome. It's a it's a humid, rainy night in the suburbs of Boston, so you're getting crickets. Wait a minute, let's just listen to that cricket. Hold on, I'll move the bike. I'll move the mic. That's right. I think that's a perfect... Leave that cricket in there. It, it comes in perfectly... With the intro of the the very first Black Sabbath song, which is called Black Sabbath.
And it's uh this one really does set the tone for the album, doesn't it? I love this song. I, my band used to do this song. My, um, I've done it with two of my bands actually. One one the the more punky like trashy band did it first, and then the other band did it. We did it at a, at a concert where we were doing Black Sabbath and Johnny Cash songs called the band of Black Sabbath. Sometimes nice. we'd mix the two, so- you know, use one guy's music and one guy's lyrics and vice versa, or mix two. In this one, we we started out with the Black Sabbath. It was all the Black Sabbath music, but we started out with jo- the lyrics to Johnny Ca- Cash, The Man in Black. For and, Black Sabbath. And then segued into this song. And Very nice. God, I love it. I mean, I think this, like, here it is, Black Sabbath in a, in a nutshell. You want to know anything it, about it, this band? You just look yeah. up the song that has their name on it. It's, it's it, it. This one is doom and gloom. This one is oh just God. it's it's just putting this it's just putting a statement right in front of you. Like, all right, the sixties are over. Flower Power is dead. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, if anything, this album is the anti hippies album. Well, it's, it's so funny that when Charles Manson was all tied in with the Beatles and the Beach Boys and stuff, and you would think it would be this, you know? Nope. <laughs> You'd think this would be what Manson and his buddies were jamming out to. Uh, I used to work with this waiter who was a big, who was a DJ and just a big music fan, and he was great because every once in a while he would be doing, we would listen to music or something, and he would have a revelation, and I remember... Opening up the restaurant, you know, it was 45 minutes before we were letting customers in. So we'd crank up the sound system and someone would throw in, like, I think it was the boss's son threw in this album. And he was, he was, he was the perfect listener for this album. He was like a 16-year-old pimply-faced virgin kid with (laughs) scraggly hair and kind of hippy-dippy, but like... You know, just got over like his stint, like huffing glue, and was just sort of a stoner Christ. now. And so he puts this on, and you know, it's all the, and you know, and yeah. we're setting up the tables and stuff like that. And Rick, and Rick, the waiter, stops just in the middle, and he's listening to it. He goes, "Ozzy Osbourne is a soul singer." And I was like, <laughs> "You're right," but he's like singing. For like <laughs> possession of his soul, soul. yeah. <laughs> it does give a new meaning to blue-eyed soul, doesn't it? Yes, it's more like red-eyed soul, <laughs> like daft mall-eyed soul. Yes, exactly. And uh, I mean, and the thing, is, the funny thing about this album is, and 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 I also had a revelation about Black Sabbath and Black Sabbath, when especially in this context when they're singing about Satan. Yeah, it's Christian rock. <laughs> yeah, it's never you know? positive, is it? It's not positive Christian rock, but it's Christian no, I mean, rock because it's... it's built into. It's like you know, if you had Thor rock, it would be like a song about Loki or something. Oh, there's, there, there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. There is actually. This, so this Viking metal. <laughs> so. It's it's it, the the funny thing is is they're black Black Sabbath Ozzy Osbourne the Satan worshipper you know follower of Aleister Crowley but the song Mr Crowley is pretty kind of critical of him yes it and is and this song he's shitting his pants man oh I know <laughs> he's not like hey Satan buddy <laughs> no it's uh you know turn away and start to run <laughs> yes <laughs> you, 
and then you find out you screwed. It's, yeah, I mean it's it's not a it's not a pro it's not a pro devil album. No. And honestly, I mean honestly, the the satanic connection on this one there really isn't much. No. It's, it's you know it's this album. I think it was a I think it was a dream that. Uh, I don't remember if it was Water Butler that had a dream about a, yeah, a finger yeah. black stand at the end of his bed. It's not, you know, let's all praise the the Almighty Lucifer. It's I had a horrible nightmare, and now you're going to hear about it. Right, right. But that's not what you know when you see the album not. cover and and all that. Yeah, and stuff. And that's not going to convince any guy who's touring around the country burning records. Not for a second. <laughs> well, you're not going to convince them of anything anyway. That's true. That's true. But, oh, man, this, I mean, the just the drama of this. So this, this album basically has pimples on it and has never gotten laid. This album no. for, forever never have gotten laid. No, it is, it is, it is too dark and too moody. <laughs> It is just, made for teenagers who are getting their first taste of pot and porn, probably, <laughs> and yeah. are just like, yeah, it's for, it, it was, I mean, when this came out, there weren't really metalheads. No, because there wasn't metal yet. Right, there, right. There were, there were stoners, though. But that, but I mean, I remember when I was in high school, which was in the 80s, you know, a, 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 a decade and a half or so, you know, close to a decade and a half after the album came out, and uh, the um, the right the, the the music writer Def Shepard <laughs> for, for the school paper, his his first article was on Black Sabbath, and you know he wrote it he wrote about this album, as, you know, in mythical words, you know, on this night, you know, four men sat down and watched a movie and discussed the name of their band. It would be Black Sabbath. <laughs> and, uh, the pretentiousness of youth. Well, yeah, well, it sounds like a tenacious D skit now, <laughs> but that's exactly what you know. It, the, I by the time I listened to this, I was the first time I heard this album. I was in college, or maybe just out of college. And tripping really hard and got picked up by my friend who was driving his giant, um, oh, it was a big four-door sedan pimp car. And I got in and he's just like, ah, taking the LSD tonight. We'll listen to some Black Sabbath. And we drove around oh, Rochester God. listening to this album and it about turned my brain inside out. <laughs> but in a really cartoony way, you know. The, it is cat. The, the lyrics on some of these are pretty cartoon. Well, speaking of which, I think that's a perfect intro for the next one, which is the wizard.
this is this is car- this is as <laughs> cheesy and cartoony as metal will ever get um, hey. lyric- lyrically. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's it, a, you know what though, you can't help tapping your toe to it though. It's a good signpost anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love I'm, this song, but this I, song really like brings to mind like the wizard that I see in this is like one of those little gift shop pewter wizards come to life. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, without <laughs> a warning, the wizard walks by and he's like, "Hey, he's walking by. And he's casting his cast his spells and." Yeah. Just because, why not? And it's, you, it, 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 it's it's a Dungeons and Dragons song, and I and I kind of yes. like Dungeons and Dragons type metal because <laughs> it's fun. It doesn't take itself seriously. Oh yeah, there's no big battle or anything. It's just nope. about the cool wizard. Look at the wizard; he's cool. <laughs> and you know, it, you gotta love, you gotta love, Ozzy jamming that harmonica yes. on this one. It is that's what makes the song because it just. You're like, what the hell? We just listened to this totally doom and gloom, and now we got harmonica. Where did that come from? Well, and the the harmonica sounds kind of gloomy. It's kind of kind of sad and mournful in a way, and echoey and stuff. But then the song gets going, and it's just sort of like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. It's you know, it's pretty up tempo for this yes. album too. It's it's. Oh, you know, other than you know, one of the other songs that we're gonna listen to later, this is probably the only fast one on the album, other than this and uh, NIB. Yes, <laughs> cannot get enough of it, and and just it's. Uh, we were talking before this how this album is just so raw, you know. Yeah, it's it's four guys doing everything live in the studio. Yeah, no, it's not overproduced in any way. It's just, you know, set up your gear and go. Yeah, I mean, this the harmonica sounds like it's just coming out of an amp with, like, a little bit of reverb on the amp. And, and, they, and yeah, and it, it sounds like, basically, this is how they sounded when they were at practice in whoever's basement they were practicing in at this point. <laughs> I would have let them practice in my basement. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so... I think we should go on to the next one, which is one of my favorites on this one, the uh, Behind the Wall of Sleep. Starts off with the the intro, which is a uh, wasp. Wasp. Yes, uh, yes. Wasp behind the wall of sleep slash basically 
I think they like to just name their guitar solos their solos, you know. The thing about the solos on this is that they're traditional solos. When Iomi really wants to like lay down a solo, nobody else is playing. Right, it's right. It's just him. It's a traditional solo without, you know, the background accompaniment. Um, but it's it's an awfully bright guitar intro for this album. It's not yes. it's not really doom and gloom. It's pretty bright. And then eventually you do move into Behind the Wall of Sleep, which is I you know what? It's such a weird tune. It's it at it, at times it almost seems like an anti-hippie song, but is it a dream that somebody's having? I mean, he's wake at the end he's waking up, sunshine's in. Right. I don't know what I don't really know what to make of it, but it's got that that kind of syncopated boom 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 as it's going along. It's it's I think it's it's so weird to have this one on this album where everything else is so kind of downbeat this one really isn't downbeat it's just sort of plotting well it's it's sort of yeah it's sort of hard i don't know why this i well i know why it's one of my favorites because it just has it's got that weird loping quality to it and it's i i i just love the guitar work and i love songs that have those flowing parts into into parts Oh, this whole album is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is. Uh, yeah, that's why I love this album too. It's one of those albums where it's like, what the hell are we gonna do for a single with this album? You know. Oh, I know. And I looked up the single that they released, and it was, <laughs> it was the cover song. I yeah. Think. It's like really, that's what you led with. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have thought maybe Black Sabbath or it, it's hard oh, to say w- or The Wizard. I, I would, you know, the wizard and looking back on it, NIB, but I mean, NIB, yeah. Black, you know, the, the, the title track, that's not going to get airplay. Jesus, you'd be scaring everybody out. Nobody would buy the album there at that. Get, I mean, you know, you get a bunch of a bunch of people embroidering, uh, you know, daisies on their jeans. They're not going to be going out and buying Black Sabbath. That's true. Uh, I, I think the thing with Wallace Sleep is. I was trying. I was having a hard time figuring out what it's about because Ozzy's definitely not an enunciator. <laughs> uh, do you think he's kind of a mumbler? <laughs> he's, and, a mush, he's a mush mouth, yeah. And he he pronounces his words weird. He pronounces a's like u's sometimes, and he can really like. And I love that Mick Jagger would do stuff like that too. So you can mask really horrible stuff, or you can make stuff that's just inane sound really. Like it's probably really something bad. Yeah, I mean this one, it, it the lyrics do get kind of dark, and you know, turn your body into a corpse. I mean, what yeah. the? It's, it, and where does it, it where does it come from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it it, it it ends up all right. You know, now from darkness there springs light. Well, you know, it's and it's, it also yeah. ends with a bass solo, which you it's don't hear. A, no, not really anymore. No, not, not, not an up. album even, no. especially. No, but it's uh, it's some pretty sick noodling going on though. It's why not? Just little, every um, it's yeah, you're right. It's like every solo, every bridge that they have, they just they want to give it their own title. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, do you think that They're might have been done? To, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, do you think that might have been studio? Uh, I mean, or producer cutting in there saying you know what uh, we, we got to name everything so it looks like there's more than you know five songs on this album that 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 it, i think it's a combination of the, of that the times lots of drugs which goes in with the times 
and especially this band. And the you know they were a heavy band and like metally, but there 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 was a hippiness to Ozzy especially, and I think the 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 uh, at this time period there. The Lord of the Rings really had a big influence over a lot of bands at this point. Oh, yeah, at this yeah, point, it's Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin yeah. just, yeah, Robert Plant went nuts for the... Everybody <laughs> would look... Uh, the Beatles bought the rights to the movie, you know, and stuff. Yeah. So that that sort of mythical storytelling, everything's connected, um, album as a whole, rather than a collection of, of hits and singles, which is why... Somewhere in here, I think it would be right after NIB on the the British version of it. And the one that t- keeps turning up on YouTube in this version of the album is that Evil Woman song, which is, yeah. is sort, sort of that single version. Yeah. But Not the ELO song. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting, though. But I think we're ready to move on. I th- I think before we move on, oh, though, okay. I th- we we've we you know we've talked about the sound on this, and mm-hmm. I think we have to at least minimally just you know give give some uh, digital ink to uh, the fact that the sound is is kind of out of necessity because of Iomi's, uh accident with his hand. Yes. Um. I mean the the drop tuning and drop the, D. the the noodliness and the gloom of it is because of the accident he had where he lost the tips of his fretting hand. Now, doesn't uh, he have, like, a fake he, tip? He's got little tips? fake rubber tips that he puts on, but there's, there, you know, on standard tuning, there was no way he was going to be able to press, you know, press down on the strings enough to, you know, get a decent sound, so he had to loosen the strings. And lo and behold, by accident, well, not out of by, by accident, by necessity, he's, you know, he created an entirely new A very heavy feeling. sound. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nothing. It's the really opposite off. of Spinal Tap turning their amps up to eleven. It's like turning the guitar <laughs> yeah. down deeper than E, you know, low E to a low D. Oh yeah, well we'll just take it down a step, and you know, now I can hit a lower, you know, a whole bunch of lower notes than before. Yeah, to be fair to Spinal Tap, though, there are times on this where it kind of seems like Iomi got a, a violin out and started trying to <laughs> trying to shred with it on the uh, on the strings. There's some there's some pretty elaborate uh, over the top noodling going on on this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, especially the first time I listened to this, the the guitar solos were just and and he's just very good with his distortion on trusting his distortion and playing alone and letting the weird, you know, sound of it just sort of carry the solo. Yeah. And I mean, he does play a lot of notes when he plays a lot of notes, but there's other times where he's just happy to play something not simple, but just emotive more than like yeah. showing off his chops. Yeah. Just standard blues riffs turned way down and played slower or faster, depending on how he wants to do it. And super, you know, psycho, I mean, psychedelic, but in a bad trip sort of way. It's definitely not in a hippy dippy trip sort of way. Yeah. It's in the, it's in the dead grandmother crawling up your leg with a knife in her teeth version. Gross. Be able to sleep tonight. Copyright Mike Cross. <laughs> there you go. 
So right, what is well, that? Well, yeah, what does that bring us to now? Probably I think the that's most satanic pr- a song. Intro to the next song, which is Nativity in Black or NIB, which yeah, calls Nib. Nativity in Black is they they've, they've said it has nothing to do that's that's not the title that's not the, the title oh that's just been attributed after the fact but it's it's and I it's it had to do with uh, I can't remember if it was uh, Water Butler had a goatee and they said his goatee looked like a, a pen nib oh okay <laughs> yeah so I mean Nativity in Black sounds cooler yeah it, it sort of I mean, fits with the that the was the thing the, the tribute album that came out in the uh, the nineties that was called Nativity in Black. That's right. Yeah. I don't think I ever heard that, but I've seen it. Yeah, Megadeth does a pretty good cover of uh Oh Christ, I can't remember what song it was now. Yeah, whatever, we're not talking I about. I think Meg yeah, I would I would trust Megadeth to do a good job on oh, the Sabbath Paranoid. song. They covered Paranoid. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Which Mustaine's vocals definitely work for. <laughs> right, exactly. But Mustaine's brain works perfectly with that song. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we're soul singing on this song. It is, It's uh, but it's it's kind of a sick <laughs> soul singing song. It's, it's it's Satan talking to a girl. Well, yeah, I, I always, or, or some guy just like, really like, it's got a very Manson-y sort of thing. I always picture this as like, well, when I was listening to it, okay, you have the first one, you have Ozzy, he's running away from the figure in black. Now the figure's gotten him. Ooh. And ooh. now he's now he's recruiting. Ooh, I never even thought of it that way. I doubt very much, once again, drugs. If they, were, <laughs> <laughs> they were putting that much thought into it, but that's sort of how it... And when I listened to it the first time, drugs... Um, I was putting it together in my head that way, so there's sort of a little bit of, you know. But that's 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 how I sort of pictured it. it the whole album seemed to have a flow at the time when I was listening to. It. Oh, it always has a flow actually when I listen to it. Yeah. Not this is NIV. That's that's the one that you hear on the radio all the time. Well, you know, there was really. It's funny. It was in and it was in the '90s. When there was a point when all of a sudden Black Sabbath became okay for classic rock stations. It's only certain songs, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 it was a very few songs at first, and then they widened it out, you know, relatively speaking. But it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much what you're going to get off a Greatest Hits album. You know, yeah. you can get your War Pigs, your Paranoid... Yeah. You know, all, all, all the 
all the beloved standards. Oh yeah. I mean, they deserve to be on there. They're great songs, but you know, it, it, none of none of the stuff that you hear on the radio is going to be you know pulling any deep tracks. Like you, you you're not going to hear. You don't, you don't even hear the Wizard or Black Sabbath on on the radio, even nowadays. I've heard the Wizard. I've never heard Black Sabbath. It, there was a time in the '90s where a lot of bands thought it was like really hip to do weird versions of War Pigs. Hmm. I saw a lot of different cover, like War Pigs with a horn section, War okay. Pigs polka style. You know, everybody wanted to do War Pigs for some reason. It's I mean, it's a great tune, but Jesus, you know what? If you're gonna cover it, yeah, you might as well go for Broke and make it your own. I guess, yeah, but if for some reason it was that song, and like every every band wanted to. Wanted to do that. I would have covered NIB. <laughs> my band's covered NIB too, and uh, one of my favorite favorite songs to sing. Except, I had to have somebody else in the band. Uh, Johnny Bueno, who did uh, was on the Funny Book Underbelly, would yeah. have to sing the. Um, Your love for me has just got to be real. I could not sing that without my voice breaking like. Um, Really? What was it, Peter Brady on the Brady Bunch? When it's time to change. For me, it's just got to be real. Would you like some fries with that? Which is actually just perfect for that's who should be singing that song. (laughs) Pimply Face Teenager? Yeah, Pimply Face Teenager. Recruited by Satan. I mean, when we used to listen to this at work, the Pimply Face Teenagers would all be moving their lips along with the lyrics, you know. Or you'd yeah. see him. You'd see him mouth the words to specific lyrics, like that. That that were especially, you know, bumping around in their mind, in their grumpy minds. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Other than the fact that you had to work with the pimply faced teenagers. I love working with pimply faced teenagers. They're a riot because I don't. <laughs> I can't take them seriously. You know, it's just like, oh, are you sad, pimply faced teenager? I'm sure they don't take you seriously. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't take you seriously, and I work with you. Well, it's just always my favorite thing with pimply faced teenagers are when there's girls there that like the pimply faced teenager, and then the pimply faced teenager comes back and goes, "Uh, "There's a girl out there. She's really hot." And it's like, "Yeah, dude, she keeps coming over to visit you. I think she wants you to ask her out." Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is my pimply face teenager go-to phrase <laughs> they, they'll start out they'll have an, a half-baked teenager idea and they'll always start out with like I don't know I think the reason we have a water shortage is all the waters and the is in the pipes they're not accounting for the water in the pipes I don't know <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh man <laughs> this album brings up Satan and that in my mind Satan and water shortages with pimply faced teenagers. Satan and, and like that, that just that lameness of teenagers who just don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, so we've all just been like, there. Oh, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> go home and listen to the first Black Sabbath album really loud. Yeah, uh, kids today won't do that. Kids today will just go home and look at porn on Google. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I hate you, kids. <laughs> you lucky, lucky bastards. Yeah, we had CS catalogs in National Geographic. 
We'll oh, that's the, that's the real kitty. Uh, I was just, well, it was funny. I was talking to S- Scott McGregor about that the other day because I was griping about the the parent who wasn't going to bring his 11-year-old to Ghostbusters, even though yeah. he had seen it and it was his favorite movie. And we, and, and we were like, Don't, doesn't oh, I... he know that that 11-year-old kid has already seen the hardest core porn possible <laughs> now? And like... <laughs> And like I, I like you know I found my father's penthouses, Ooh. but you know it wasn't you know you had to find like a friend with a with an older brother who would take you to a safe house where you would meet with somebody else <laughs> and you would get you know they'd hand, and, and you could get a copy of you know their their brother's copy of Swedish erotica, full <laughs> penetration in it and you'd be like oh my god. <laughs> The photography is not as good as Penthouse, but now oh, I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look at that guy. It's, 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 it's just a click away. Uh, Oop, no. Just push a button. Yeah. Beep. Yeah. Well, before we get too sidetracked. Yes. Well, should we move on to the next one, which is spe- – well, we were talking about I'm, – I'm assuming um, really this is the – if you go by like lyrics and stuff, it's sleeping village and warning, but some and on mine it's listed as bit of finger slash sleeping village slash warning. Yes, hey, warning. Red sun rising in the sky, sleeping village, cockles cry, soft in the trees, peace of mind, feel a I don't know where bit of finger comes in on that, but it does sound. Pretty. I don't know, but it's it's got that mouth hop going on, so you got to dig it. And uh, once again, into the sort of Ozzy Gothic, the Sleeping Village song is a total. What basically what they did with this is is they took um, what was the name of um, the guy who uh, Ainsley Dun Dunbar Palliation yeah. was the name yeah. of the band, and I think Ainsley Dunbar ended up playing with Zappa for a little while. It was. It's a cover song. I never really realized that the song was a cover song. No, neither did I. And I always thought of this as one of the like epitome of this album lyrics. It's it's a straight up blues tune. Mm-hmm. It's you know if you you turn you you slow this one down a little bit and give four black guys acoustic guitars, <laughs> they'd you know they'd be able to kill it. 
Yeah, but it was in that, in in that, and and I mean, Led Zeppelin was doing the same thing where they were taking the blues and just cranking all the instruments up, and and this one isn't really like cranked up. No, it's it's pretty. I mean, you know, there's it's some heavy. solo runs and stuff, but it's it's not. It's, it's not loud and heavy, but it's yeah. Not, it doesn't really thunder along though. It's just sort of steady and heavy. Yes, and uh, the the I I once I found out it was a cover. I listened to the original, which is more art rocky, really jagged. It's really good too. It's 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 actually like I was expect at first. I was like, okay, this is sounds a little more mechanical. That the 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 Black Sabbath version is definitely more flows and is more organic, and I like Ozzy's vocals on it better. Yes. But it's it, they take it in two different directions. In the in the original version, it comes off with the lyrics as a sort of um, ripping on the pomposity of just you know grandeur of love, you know, it, and you know the sky parting and and all this. But when Ozzy does it, it's... it reminds me of a pimply teenage kid yeah. it's got a crush but it's like that crush that's like this is the love of my life and and then he's pissed at her because he had a dream and he saw her with another guy and dr- yeah. that line is just so, when Ozzy says are you in a dream and you were with another man he's just yeah. so pissed and, and it's like hey it's your dream jackass but that's how like that's how like the teenage and the whole um, both times Ozzy sings the feelings were a little, little bit too strong just a little bit too strong <laughs> it's so awesome it's so filled with bitterness and yes. like <laughs> I guess I just loved you too much baby but you went and blew it in my dream yeah <laughs> It, well, you lose, bitch. Again, it's another, it's another anti-hippie song. If he yes. was singing this one, they would have gotten together at the end. Yeah, oh yeah, oh definitely. <laughs> if he saw you in a dream with another guy, he would have slid right in. It would have been a little menage action going yes. on. Yes. love, man, but not nope. when Ozzy gets a hold no, of it. No, he just saw her with the other with, with the other guy, and he was just like, uh, you know, I mean, like a teenager. He didn't do anything, and then he went off and sulked. <laughs> This friend's like, Did you go kick his ass? No. Hey, you oh, know no, he looked big. I don't know. <laughs> you know what, though? Nowadays, teenagers don't go and sulk. They go and sulk, and then they get guns. So <laughs> it's like, you know, at least sulking and singing about it's a little bit more productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go listen to your Ozzy albums and, and make your... And the thing about it now is you can't play your Ozzy albums and piss off your parents anymore. <laughs> no, because they were listening to him. <laughs> you got him from him, yeah. <laughs> now you have to listen to your uh, Miley Cyrus and your uh, yeah. You have know, to go everybody else. Completely banal to to annoy your parents. Now you can't annoy them with Satan or loud guitars or anything like that. Yeah, it would almost have to be pure noise. And if your parents were weird enough. Uh, I, you know, you, you know, a, a well-placed Slayer or a Cannibal Corpse album at the right time will probably still piss off your parents. Yes, and everybody else around you. 
Oh, oh man, and I forgot the guitar solo in this. It just this, goes. It goes it like inside out at one point. It sounds like it's going goes inside out while it's going through a tube or something. It just goes. Oh, it's so distorted. It's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. That and I mean, I remember sitting in this guy's in this guy's big luxury car just listening to that, going. So this is Black Sabbath. <laughs> I think I like this Black Sabbath. <laughs> this it, it, pleases me. Yeah, yeah, right. It, oh, it was just and 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 the guitar solo, the is just so cocky and. Oh yeah, it's, and, he's just strutting. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 epic. It's. That's an overused phrase, but this is just one of those epic, multi-textured, layered, parted songs. And they take that... I mean, I never in a million years would have guessed that this was a cover. <laughs> no, they, it's 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 so stamped with, with Ozzy and, and, yeah. and Tony Yami's fingers all over it. I know, and, and, and it just shows that, you know, despite the drugs and the heavy metal in their bloodstream <laughs> they they could pick the right song they and when you hear the original um um i would say go, go look it up in, on youtube and, and listen to it when you hear it it's just a very different song so they had to hear that and then reinterpret it and they knew oh if we do this with it it's gonna fit right in and it's brilliant brilliant it is pretty brilliant. Well, this brings us to the to the last song on the album. Not the last song we're going to cover tonight, though, oddly enough. But the last song on the, the Black Sabbath album that I'm used to. Yeah. Um, Wicked World. This is the we're pissed off at everything, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Is, oh yes. This is... <laughs> teenager. It's a teenager sitting around calling out all the grown-ups on their hypocrisy and like, and their killing and. It's it, yeah. This is something that a fourteen-year-old would write in their poetry class. Yes. Or in their Isn't diary it? at home. Yes. A world today is such a wicked place. It's like yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so we, what are we covering in this? We're covering covering war we're covering people having to work people dying politics science disease (laughs) women's rights kids growing up without fathers it's oddly prescient yes 
Well, you know, I mean, that's always, that's almost always a state of, you know, the, what was it? Was it from Pompeii or was it from Egypt or something? There was a something where it was, you know, saying that, you know, the kids these days, they don't listen to their parents and that, you know, and everybody, you know, the, the politicians are getting more corrupt as the day goes on. Everything's about to collapse at any second now. <laughs> Go back to the politicians for a second. <laughs> talking, talking about ancient Rome. You, you've seen history of the world, right? Yes. <laughs> so, now it is time to vote for reparations for the poor. How do we vote? Fuck the poor! <laughs> Comedy, but historically accurate. Yeah. Is it yeah. about Mel Brooks? Oh yeah, he's still alive. Uh, yes, he is. Don't, yeah, don't put him on the on the soon to die list because I, I think he might he might be able to make another great movie. On the Joan Rivers list. I, the time <laughs> has come. Sometimes you just gotta let those, you know, hot holding on old people go. I wish I was faster with some Joan Rivers jokes because I mean it's ripe for that. It's Joan Rivers. It's like. <laughs> She's ripe. I mean, well, her face is, and her face is about 40 years younger than the rest of us. Her face is pretty preserved, yes. And it will be for several decades after she croaks. (laughs) But anyway, oh, man, what am I doing? Going from Ozzy Osbourne to Joan Rivers. Hey, man. Not, I guess not that big of a stretch, I guess, when you start factoring Sharon into it. Yeah. I mean, of all the tracks on the album of the standard, you know, the standard North American release, Wicked World is... It's just sort of there. It's not. It's not any great shape. It's almost kind know. of the filler at the end, although it does have a sort of like blimp to et, you know. It it does sort of like kind of end the album with a little plop there. <laughs> it is kind of. It is kind of a little plop, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> After you've had all the other great stuff on the album, you get to that one. It's like, all right, yeah, this is the standard. Every, you know, we're pissed at everything song. But I guess you know you kind of have it, it, you know it's the first metal album. I guess you kind of have to introduce the tropes somewhere. Right, right. It, it's funny. Uh, it's almost like sometimes they don't want to end the song. No, <laughs> they don't on most of the songs. Put another solo in, okay? Put another solo in. Oh, okay. Let's give it a stomp at the end. Let's give it two stomps. Yeah. Let's give it a sort of stumble, and th- th- that's how I, I love how M- NIB ends with that. <laughs> 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 Just one more. Yeah, there's a there's a little jam band influence going on on this one. I I there used to be a band that played at our apartment that was all instrumental, but the bass player definitely was super influenced by Black Sabbath. And they used to... They could spend more time than the song going... (laughs) 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 Just ended already. (laughs) Oh, it was hilarious. It, it was to the point of it was to the point of ridiculousness, but so it didn't cycle back around to cool. Yeah, they just no. Well, yes, but they just they, yeah, but they definitely, I think, got that from Black Sabbath. I think they were pr- probably practicing a Black Sabbath song and were cracking up at the endings of it and said, <laughs> "Let's turn that up to eleven or 12. 
man. All right, well, we got one more. Uno Mas. Ooh. And uh, this song is kind of a song that I never was that familiar with until I started listening to this last week, and that's Evil Woman, not the ELO version. Dunbar song. Is it? It was. Was it? It was by another. I don't. I didn't recognize the name of the band. It was a. It was a. Uh, Crow. Crow. Okay, so that was Ainsley Dunbar in that too. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I think this was thrown on there. No, no. Somebody no. was like. Yes, there, this was this this was the record company saying we need you to have a commercial song. Okay, okay. And, yeah, so that I mean that's why it's a bonus track now, and well, I mean not now, but uh, when it first came out, it's it's uh, it's, it's a okay. standard blues song. It's 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 also not great. It's just sort of there. Yeah, it's got a nice little banana 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 banana. Yeah, but it's. Standard blues tropes on this one too, and uh, yeah, Ozzy do, uh, and Ozzy doesn't seem that invested in singing it either. You can you can tell. Yes, it's just a. It doesn't have. Yeah, it does not have that that Black Sabbath feel to it. The elements of it, you know, it doesn't have some, you know, the twist to it. No, it's straight ahead. It's 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 pretty much a straight ahead cover. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's a little bit different, but uh, having heard this, I have no desire to go and actually listen to the original because it just doesn't seem all that appealing. Yeah, there's there's yeah, I piss on this song. I piss on you. Oh. I piss on your record company interfered song. Why does oh, that, that always happen? It always just. I remember seeing camper van beethoven after they got they joined a record they were a great band they joined a record company like part of the band left and they were struggling through their tour and i saw them in canada and there was actually a record company person there at the concert to make sure they played the cover song pictures of matchstick men because that was the song that they used to do it as like a novelty cover live and the record company was like you know that song was a hit and they made to put it on an album on the on the album and then they made that the first you know the single off the album and made the video for it and everything and you can see everybody and by the time we saw them by the time they're you know being forced to play that song live by the record company they hated it (laughs) yeah that happens, you know. That happens. It's you know. I'll probably end up talking something about that on the next show that I do too. 
But uh, I mean, that you know, that's a whole episode right there. Yeah, songs that songs that bands hate to play live. Bands hate are sick of, or maybe even ones the audiences are sick of. Shit, just a just a record company interference show would be uh, pretty interesting. There's been a oh, lot. you need to get you need to get Mr. Fisher back for that one. Oh my God, yeah. And and Scott 2.0 because uh, they you know they were DJs, right? Yes. So yes, there you go. Two different capacities too, so that would be yeah. That would be an excellent idea. Yep, they would know all about that. Yeah. So what? It, what else can we say about this album? It's the first metal album. It's raw. It's the introduction of Ozzy to the world. Yes, which I am eternally grateful for. At this time, he had not met Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> At this time, actually, Sharon Osbourne's dad was managing the move. <laughs> at the time and uh like doing contract negotiations by hanging people out of windows and stuff like that like suge knight mm-hmm. oh yeah suge knight learned everything he knows from that guy <laughs> i don't ever want to be hung out of window that you, want to, you want me to play a song <laughs> i'll play a song okay just don't hang me out a window yeah it was it was literally that as you know over percentages of song rights and stuff like that yeah, stuff still goes on today, man. It's crazy. <laughs> negotiations is negotiations, man. <laughs> as long as I get what I want. Oh, yeah! Some people say two freaks cannot be true. Go to our website and we will show you so many podcasts that it's in the real quality is the demons of Cortil. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. website at two true freaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o t-r-u-e 
F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. Oh yeah! Follow us now and you will not regret Wasting your life on the internet Log on to iTunes and you can subscribe Fill up your iPod till the end of time You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook Just search for Two True Freaks if you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. Yeah! aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.